Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Well, hello and welcome to Spotty, streaming to you live for the hundredth time from the Ticker News Studio, where we shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So if you've tuned in for all those 100 episodes, you'll know how to ask your question. Text us 0480 079 089, or you can email us question at spotty.com.au. You will also know what I'm about to say next, and that is these details will appear at the bottom of the screen periodically throughout the show, but of course, save it into your mobile phone or your computer in order to allow for quick access when you have that itch that needs to be scratched. Okay then, well, let's bring in today's chief spotters, starting with Stuart Roberts from Stocks Down Under. G'day, Stuart, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Elio. I'm feeling great. It's been a great uh, start to the year, and uh, we're all feeling pretty bullish at Stocks Down Under. Absolutely, you'd want to be at the moment. And look, go stocksdownunder.com.au is the website to go learn a little bit more about the business. But look, just tell us a little bit about your company, Stuart, because of course it has come out of uh, Pitt Street Research, which for those of us in the caper are familiar with that. But this has a very different bend and in particular targets our retail uh, investment audience. Yeah, so there are about 1,800 public companies that you could potentially invest in. Um, we look at about 1,150 of those across the board. That's our, our intention. Because if you're a trader at home, you've got various technical systems to, to, to track uh, any, any stock that's going up or down. You'll often want a fundamental reason as to why that's moving. Well, the geniuses at Stocks Down Under that I work with uh, know generally what's going on with a lot of those companies. So if you want the, the background story on why uh, your, your screens are flashing a buy or sell on a particular stock, uh, we've got... Uh, about 12 ideas a week that can uh, keep track of that. And we're, we're working on our best 15 ideas, which we'll, we'll keep covering as well. So I, I think we can do better than Intelligent Investor, better than uh, Motley Fool and all the other people who, who aggregate lots of information together. It's a very well-written publication. I've written a fair few of the articles myself. Um, and uh, we cover everything. Uh, resources, tech, biotech, uh, general uh, garden variety small caps, as well as the big guys in the top 200. Yeah, I was about to uh, say, I'm glad you uh, also do that, Stuart. Otherwise, I was going to get you to duck off and grab Mark and put him on the stage if uh, because uh, really the idea of the show is <laughs> answering our client questions. But for those that want to learn a little bit more about your service, I've noticed on your website you do have a 30-day free trial. So um, if you yeah. want to go and experience the uh, uh, the uh, Stocks Down Under experience, let's just call it that, then go to the website, stocksdownunder.com. Dot au. Okay, well, next no, is a man. Stocks down under. Stocks down. Oh, sorry, stocks down. Excellent. Thank you. Um, okay, so next, uh, well, look, you know, it's a man who's been key in our long term journey here at Spotty when he said to me, 
Why don't you turn that boring farce of a finance TV show you're doing and turn it into the old your money, your call format? And well, the rest is history. But living in the present at the moment, it's definitely David Hunt from the uh, from Profit Hunters. G'day, David. How are you doing? How are you going, Leo? Good, yeah. good, good. No, thanks for joining us on our 100th show. But Thank David, you. for those that may not have tuned in, this may be their first and they may not be familiar with yourself and your style of investing and how you like to time cycle. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, your investment style, and how you help your uh, clients every day. Okay, so I'm uh, predominantly a chartist that is a market timer. So I like to work out what the cycles are doing. Uh, we, uh, I, I cover things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and have done so for nearly four years now, actually, on the cryptocurrencies. And that's one of a lot of clients that really uh, are, are tuned. A lot more clients are tuning in more to the cryptos, as we've seen from the boom uh, that we've got. My background is has been in uh, trading currencies from Macquarie Bank. Uh, trading currencies for Qantas and hedging hedging um, hedging currencies for Qantas, and also uh, interest rate markets. So, my background is technical analysis, eco economics, and cycles. And so, what I do is try and mesh all those to do together to look for investments, short-term trades, and so I cover a wide wide church commodities things like uh, gold, of course, uh, bonds, etc. So I'm looking at the whole world and the way that it moves. Okay, so profit in order to make some profit. Yeah, profithunters.com.au is where you can go to learn more about the uh, services that uh, David has to offer. And if you join his mailing list for, uh, periodically from time to time, you'll also see a few little free sessions he does and uh, share some webinars and you can uh, definitely get a better handle there. So we're ready. All we need are your questions, folks. So send them through right now. Currently, uh, as we go to air the market, well, it's uh, okay. The ASX 200 regaining a little bit of speed was sold off a little bit and then uh, has been uh, picking up in sentiment uh, despite the uh, fact of one big participant. We'll talk about that in a moment. So let's get into that market uh, news today. And while it is reporting season and the much anticipated CBA result or Commonwealth Bank, was delivered this morning. And well, look, quite frankly, despite the positive tone that came from a lot of commentators, I thought it was a miss and it would appear the market at this stage agrees the same. Highlights include a 1% fall in revenue to some $11.9 billion. Cash net profit was down 10.8% and net interest margins also fell another three points, continuing that squeeze down to 2.01%. It did pay a $1.50 dividend, which is higher than the 98 cent dividend they paid six months ago, but a little less than the $2 dividend they paid 12 months ago. Low uh, Loan deferrals are down, so everyone's uh, paying their loans again. However, their impairment provision did increase the 6.8 billion dollars. Now, Stuart, I know uh, when we're talking about the macro caps, really your, your opinion or my opinion is really not gonna change where this stock goes. But I'd be very interested to get your read in regards to the announcement because, of course, as one of the major bellwethers, it was anticipated by many, even those who don't cover CBA, uh, because, you know, a bank is really a barometer on the overall health of the economy. So uh, what did you take from the result? Were you comfortable? Y yes, no. Um, any warning signals? It was it was very good all around. Um, okay. As long as all the indicators are basically moving in the right direction. Um, the hit or miss will be in, in uh, how far off the analysts were who covered this thing. Um, now, it's no surprise that it was a somewhat lackluster result. Remember, COVID-19 uh, did knock this bank around a bit. Um, it had plenty of help to get on its feet. But uh, the, the, um, the, 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 the true test will be in this, the, the current half we're in at the moment, leading up to June 30, uh, because that'll be a full six months of everyone paying their loans, 
Uh, I reckon that the bank's been very conservative on their provisioning. We might even see uh, the, the Reserve Bank letting the bank, um, letting Commonwealth Bank kick its dividend up, and that'll get everyone excited. So um, mm. I don't, I'm actually quite bored uh, coming out of this result. Uh, and I suspect there might be some bargainers who, who, uh, who make out well in the period just after this result. Yeah, maybe that was, you know, I mean, we saw the tier one number go up a little bit now to 12%. And remembering that's meant to be a buffer during an absolute crisis. So you may be very well right that the RBA does give it a little bit of more leeway and it moves on from there. Um, look, well, we also had some other results. They include a record $194.4 million profit for the first half from Northern Star. Uh, strong growth from Simic, who now expect profit to be between 400 and 430 million dollars. However, the market though was definitely aiming a lot higher, particularly in this construction boom and the stock has been savage today. <clears throat> uh, mineral resources, they saw revenues jump by over 50%, profit jump by 233% and dividend lift by 335% to $1 per share. Oh, and then there was IAG who actually delivered a stinker as expected, but was better than expectations, which was good to see. And the stock did have a jump up. Now, as uh, David alluded to in his introduction, the other big news at the moment is definitely what's going on in the crypto markets at the moment. Uh, the, uh, I suppose, Bitcoin is uh, seemingly only days away from hitting that $50,000 mark. And of course, a number of other altcoins are also going great guns. David, as you mentioned, you are a keen watcher of what's going on in the crypto space and crypto land. Not, I won't get you to go into the fundamentals, but why don't you tell us where it currently sits in the cycle? Has it been too aggressive a run up? Are we happy with the pace of where we've been going? And uh, can uh, traders still make some money there? Well, according to my forecast, we've been looking for a, a high into the second, third week of February, and that seems to be working out. We've been looking for a target at around about $60,000. I don't think it's going to get there in a hurry right now. We're seeing massive manipulations on the behalf of Elon Musk and people profiteering from that. I think it's tragic that any company decides that it will be buying Bitcoin in order to make profits for its company and people buy that. I think this is a complete loss of faith in corporate America. And uh, if, if, um, uh, if Apple does the same thing, uh, then buying $5 billion, which is what they're talking about, it's a complete disgrace. This means companies only have to buy uh, Bitcoin and they don't have any business. So if people who feed you to stop, stop uh, making products that feed you, that's a bit of a problem for long longativity, even if they're profitable in Bitcoin. So for me, I don't like I don't like what's going on, the manipulation. We've got about two weeks in this manipulation before the big players like Elon Musk all start to take profit. He might be headlining the company. He probably owns a lot in his own bank account anyway, in his own account anyway. Once he starts to take profit, you look out. He did the same thing in Dogecoin, D-O-G-E, which was originally created as a joke. I learned that about four years ago. I thought, why why do they call it Dogcoin? Because it's a dog. He promoted that. Um, so we're looking for, at one of the best scams going in history yeah. at the moment. We've many many scams going on at the moment but bitcoin itself it will nudge fifty thousand, maybe somewhere between as i was saying to my members today 49 to fifty-one thousand, with a with a little little first target at, at 50 50 000, obviously in the middle uh, eventually you'll see sixty thousand. but within the next two weeks we'll have probably seen the top we'll get a decline down into july uh, it'll be a savage decline after that. It'll be time to buy again. Uh, and we've been long. We're getting ready to take some profit. We've had some good runs in these. In fact, we've been trading it 
just like a dream. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Um, but it's been really callable. It's been stro slightly stronger than I thought. Uh, and it's out of control because where's the money going to go? Gold itself, uh, which for those people who want the free stuff, I did a video on gold, uranium and lithium stocks charting wise last night. I did it for my members. Uh, it'll normally be $17 for a recording, but if you uh, go to the profithunters.com.au website, just uh, and just put in a message there on there and saying, I'd like the video. I'm a spotty, spotty viewer. Please put it in and you can have a look. I know somebody asked about my viewers on gold last night. You can have a look at those. Yeah, What's happening is Bitcoin has had, has now has, Bitcoin futures now has more open interest than gold COMEX futures, which used to be one of the biggest open interests in the world on, in, in futures and commodities. So Bitcoin's overtaken gold as a product, as a, um, a, a proxy for inflation. So and all the liquidity going into it has forced Bitcoin up. All the speculation. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to sell Bitcoin at the moment. But when they do, look out. I know there's a large amount of money, large amount of Bitcoin that is waiting to go from somebody who is close to me. It's ready to be sold, large quantities, and it'll be probably, probably accessed, not in two weeks' time. But you'll see it start hitting hitting that in about a month and a half time. It'll start to hit the market, and that'll push it down lower. All right, I'll call Elon and see if I can get someone to take that uh, order off him. But I do want to get into the stocks now. Let's uh, go right into that. Let's get into those questions. Remember, uh, all that information is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives or needs. And if you wish to discuss any of that content with anyone other than your significant other in life, it needs to be with a licensed advisor. Also, remember that our guests may very well hold interest in the stocks that are discussed, but in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, we forget. So by all means, feel free to contact us all directly if you do wish to seek some clarification in regards to that. And we are powered by our great friends at ShareWealth Systems, a key part of our success. And ShareWealthSystems.com um, is uh, that website there. And you go there to learn more about how they've helped Australian investors outperform over the many, many years they've been in business by giving them an edge over others. All right then, gentlemen, let's go straight into the stocks. I've got a question uh, that's come through uh, from Ethan. Uh, actually, two stocks. Uh, I'm going to throw this one um, at you if I can, Stuart. Uh, two relatively uh, well-known names, Appen, APX, and Megaport, MP1. So just a bit of context in regards to APX. Um, obviously, it's a stock that we've talked about on this program a number of times. I was really worried once it broke that I don't hold it myself anymore. I have a, did hold it for a very long time, did well. Um, but obviously, breaking $27 did prove to be a bit of a warning signal. It's gone much lower down than that. Your view in regards to APX, because there are some saying that it's now got a challenged business model, particularly after the figure eight acquisition. And then your view on Megaport, who also provided an update today. Yeah, so um, uh, Appen, we're, we're long-term bullish on. Uh, there's, they want to become a one-stop shop uh, for all sorts of, uh, of, of uh, artificial intelligence data set. Um, they're now the go-to uh, uh, player for that. Now, they're so big that anytime anything bad is going on in the tech world, no matter how remote from Appen's business, the stock will get uh, bumped around a little bit. But uh, long-term, uh, we're pretty bullish on that. The, the, mm. the future of artificial intelligence is only going to go in one direction. And you need data sets to train uh, new systems. And these guys have got a hammerlock on that uh, on, on that involvement. Uh, figure eight might take a little while to, to bed that down, but uh, it, it was not an acquisition that was done lightly. So um, I think uh, I think they can take uh, uh, take that in the stride and move forward. 
So, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd be sticking with that one. And then Megaport MP1, I mean, they uh, did announce the size of the loss uh, increase, but, of course, that's not really the name of the game here. They're, they are about revenue, and they were able to uh, increase it over the recent period. Obviously, the internet things and, uh, you know, data supply, oh, sorry, data houses and the like have become a pretty hot topic. Your view in regards to MP1, uh, a business, uh, the team at Stocks Down Under, have you had to run the rule over them? Yeah, we're, we're pretty bullish on them. The, uh, yeah. the, the fruit of the, of the um, uh, look, a good business can, can, uh, can keep growing indefinitely and still not make a buck for a long time. We saw that with Amazon way, way back in time. We uh, did. Megaport's in the, the same, same boat. The market opportunity is huge and, and the, 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 the growth rate is huge. Um, I almost uh, wish they could skip the reporting season or at least yeah. not have to talk about the, the subject of profit in, in reporting season because the top line is what you want to look at for this one. Mm. Yeah, definitely. What do you think of that chart for MP1, David? Looks uh, pretty solid. Did uh, have a bit of a pullback uh, towards the uh, start of the year, but it's uh, seemed to have found its feet right now. Um, what's it looking like? I like MP1. I don't like um, I don't like Appen. I think Appen will see down into the mid-teens. Um, Megaport itself is solid. Um, except for the, the risk is a breakdown below $12.50, then we're looking down towards $11.51. I still think it's a reasonably good buy down there. I would rather do a uh, sell app and buy MP1 Megaport uh, pairs trade if, you, if you're into that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, pr I definitely definitely prefer Megaport over uh, Appen, definitely. I want to talk about a bit about CBA. Remember when I, when you looked at me really weird when I said let's buy banks right on the lows there, Elio. Back, I think it was. Can't remember the exact date of that, but um, yeah, you got to want to be cautious about CBA. It's been holding. Um, it's been holding uh, the dividends back according to what APRA has been advising, which I think eventually should be a class action against APRA executives. Um, giving back it's a bit of a fraud on people who owned bank shares over the last year when the dividends were not paid and it's a preference for the people who are holding it now as we see cba pay higher dividends so i, I wouldn't be surprised to see cba possibly push up to about 90 dollars and then fall back down to about 68 dollars. i just wanted to make sure about that because that's important the banks are driving the index at the moment so uh, over to you Okay, so look, I mean, look, the quick question came from Anthony. If you can give us a quick answer for this one here. He wanted your view in gold, um, and I suppose um, Anthony can go to the website and get that. But he also asked for um, a view on the ASX. So just quickly, where is it sitting in the cycle at the minute, according to you? Okay, um, I've been waiting for the share price index futures to reach a target of 68.32. And, uh, it, uh, and all of the rest of the, the underlying cash markets had been going up. The XJO.ASX had reached that higher target. The share price futures contracts have been actually quite limited. These are the futures on the, AX, the ASX 200. And so they hadn't locked in. And share price index futures have been trading at about a 50-point discount to the ASX 200, which means the professionals are not buying this market it's the public that are buying this market, which sets it up as much more dangerous than we've seen. Cycle-wise, we, we tripped into a little bit of a time time period at the end of January to mid-February, where we can have a bit of a reversal, but I'm basically looking for reasons to 
looking for reasons to sell out. We've been reducing a bit of our exposures, knocking it out. We've gone a little bit short, bought some BBOZ as protection. Uh, and at the moment, the smaller uninformed players are actually buying stocks and going berserk on small cap stocks, which is one of the best signs that we're near a top. And so, um, yeah, just been just been taking profit, been making money on the upside, which has been nice in the small cap stocks, but at some time we'll pay the piper. Whether that's come May, uh, when the other banks like uh, ANZ, NAB and Westpac start to pay their last dividends under the uh, holdback scheme, then we'll see that, that uh, probably a, a decent short, sharp fall. So at the moment, okay. I'm cautious. I'm not super bearish, but um, you know, I'm, I'm just taking profit and just easing off on the on the gas. All right, then, uh, Stuart, I've got a question from young Blake who asks about a rower biosurgery, ARX. Now, an interesting play uh, with the uh, dermal uh, skin replacement stuff, but um, in light of what happened with Polynovo, of course, which had a... Uh, a uh, bit of a disappointing update, which saw its uh, price fall um, a little bit on the back of COVID shutdowns, uh, delaying impact for prices. So ARX, is it a stock um, you guys cover? Uh, yeah, we wrote about it in Stocks Down Under a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a product-based company, and it won't therefore surprise you to, to learn that the product is based on sheep guts. Sheep, yep. Uh, take out of the middle of sheep guts, uh, you, can, you can create uh, very good scaffolds for uh, wound repair and other uh, medical conditions. Uh, and this company was smart. It was able to develop its product all the way through to getting regulatory approvals and on the market uh, before it went public. Now, the rule I have with life sciences companies is always buy them when they're in clinical development and sell them when they have to start selling and uh, building a real business. Yeah. Because at some point you'll get the Polynovo problem where they're just not growing uh, growing fast enough. That's not really a relevant problem right now. They're, uh, they're selling into a pretty good, good market opportunity. And I don't believe they were impacted by uh, COVID in a, in a serious way, uh, but it's always one to watch out for, is every now and then there'll be a quarter that, 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 that won't seem as robust as the previous quarter, and everyone will assume it's the end of the world. Generally, it's not, but, uh, but, but these kind of companies at this stage of their development are more vulnerable than the ones that are actually moving through clinical studies, and you can buy those, one, those stocks on the way up. Now, another question for you, Stuart. This one came from um, Paul, who actually asked this a while ago. So apologies, Paul, we haven't been able to get to it until now. The company in question is ReadyTech, RDY, another one of these work-from-home COVID companies that have done uh, quite well. Um, he uh, wonders whether the stock would be one to consider at the moment, particularly given that Pemba Capital has basically sold out of its, now, out of its interest in it. Would this, or should this do well for the share price? And of course, you know, if you can wind into your comment in regards to RDY, if you wouldn't mind throwing in the comment generally about, you know, major shareholders exiting and their motivus and motivation and how retail investors should interpret that. Yeah. Um, every company has its journey. And a, a, a firm like Pemba Capital, which is private equity, it's there for a certain stage of the journey. Once the it feels the company has matured as far as uh, its reason for getting in, it can get out and other investors will come in. So I don't get worried about those kind of uh, investments. They're just part of um, uh, the circle of life when it comes to growing a company. ReadyTech, if you look at the, uh, the, the, the 12 month chart, it's been bumping up against um, uh, a certain high and it hasn't gone, uh, gone above that for a while now. Now, the concern is obviously the education sector in Australia is gonna need more uh, foreign students coming into it uh, in order to get back to normal. So I think mm. that's what people are holding back on. 
the actual product is doing quite well. Yeah. Um, so these guys provide cloud-based uh, student management systems as, as well as workforce engagement, sp specialized in the education sector. There's two things to know about that. One is it's a global company, so it's not um, aligned to whatever's going on in terms of how many students can come into Australia. And the second thing is it's the cloud. Um, if there's one way to scale a business easily, it's in the cloud. So I think ReadyTech's got everything you're looking for. If you look at the quarterly updates, uh, the thing is growing quite uh, quite, quite nicely. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, should Pember have stayed longer? Well, you know, they've probably got other investors in the earlier stage to to, uh, uh, to invest in companies they want to look at at an earlier stage and they're freeing up some capital for this thing. For everyone else who's looking forward, uh, I'd be taking a careful look at this one and we will at uh, Stocks Down Under. Okay, there you go, the inside running in regards to that. We'll get to your questions more in a moment, but it's important for me to remind you that if you've got a question, email a question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089. Follow us on social media if you want to keep up to date with what's going on in the Spotty world. And remember, this recording is available on podcast after the show's completed too. And remember to take some time to download the ShareWealth System's white paper, 16 Traits. Now that's 16traits.com to learn the qualities required to be a successful investor in life, such as the need to lower your limits. At the end of the day, accepting what you don't know is key to be successful in the long term, because when you identify the gaps, then you can build your knowledge around that. Ultimately, you shouldn't put your life savings into something or a strategy that you don't understand. So knowing your limits will make sure that you don't overextend into risky territory and make sure that you're always swimming between the flags. An important thing to do this summer, of course, a very important message. So download that white paper, 16traits.com from Share Wealth Systems. Okay, as we go to air, currently the markets are continuing. Um, to be positive, though it hasn't moved all that much since we've been on the air. Let's see if we can uh, help that up, uh, gentlemen, although I don't know whether this is going to help uh, David. The question comes from Jeremy, uh, and Jeremy says, just wondering if um, anyone is game enough to guess the bottom of AGL. It's been a real market stinker. Sounds like a question that's been uh, sort of uh, put in as a Dorothy Dixer for you, David. AGL, what's your view in regards <laughs> to this uh, this one? I'll tell you about first. I'll tell you about Simic. I've been. Uh, I just got got a got a got a post from one of my uh, one of my uh, stockbrokers who wealth managers who, who uh, listens to me, and I've been calling for Simic for a buy at twenty one dollars and eighty nine cents for quite some time. I actually was looking for into the eighteen dollars for that, and um, what he said was uh, Simic. So is it a buy now? Appreciate your help on this. Our new analyst slapped a buy on this uh, a month or so ago. I checked with you first. As a result, I saved my clients some pain. Nice work. So, um, yeah, so so with that, um, AGL, I've been looking for $12.15 or $12.50, sorry, um, sorry, $10 and where am I? It's, I've not got the chart in front of me. I'm reading, the, reading what Sam sent me. Um, so um, the, the, the big target is $10.15, scrub what I said about 12, $10.15 or $10.50. So I'm still waiting down there. I'm happy to buy some down there with Simic. We've bought some at $21.89. Uh, and so just sort of kind of just a little bit of a nibble there. We've been patiently waiting. Uh, if it breaks, I think it's trading around $21, $22. So we're in the profit on the buy that we did this morning. If it, if we see Simic down at $18.31, that's my, that was my ultimate target for Simic on the downside for a buy. Uh, 
AGL, $10.15, you need a $9.50 stop loss. Down there it's worthwhile, um, even though it's up, um, you know, an older, an older style of energy company, it's still good value down there. Yeah, so uh, good luck uh, with that one, Jeremy. But yeah, it is a, a market stinker. I'm uh, going to leave it even for Stuart's money, possibly, because uh, I'm going to steer clear. Uh, interesting one, um, actually, for you uh, here, uh, Stuart. Shariro uh, Holdings. Now, for those that don't know this business and want to play along at home, the code is SHM. It sells kitchen appliances as well as the old Casio products. Remember the old Casio watches you used to wear that used to make you run faster at primary school until you were like a big fat block like I was and broke it in 30 seconds. But anyway, that's another story about my childhood. Um, has noticed that basically over the last two months, it keeps getting upgraded. It upgraded its guidance twice in that period. Initially, a lot of that was cost-cutting, um, restructuring its uh, business and operations. I believe there was also a major shareholder um, initially who had got out. But since then, another major shareholder has come in. And further to that, its most recent guidance was also quite strong. Its share price looks like it's uh, gone on a tear. It's now reached the $1 club. Is SHM a stock that you are familiar with, Stuart? Very, uh, it's very much on our radar screen. Mm -hmm. What I like about the company is um, uh, it, it's reinvesting itself in a serious way. So they've got access to various brands that you would ordinarily see in the kitchen, as well as those, uh, those other uh, hardware type stuff. You mentioned Casio, there's other appliances that they, that they act for, bring them into Australia and distribute them. Well, the, the, that was uh, uh, the growth version one of this company. Uh, they're now actually uh, uh, developing their own products and then exporting them to the world. So, um, so doing R&D on new kinds of products that people need. And then uh, in, you know, mainly around the house, uh, where they can, they can create a new brand that makes a bit of a difference. And then, uh, then push that out through uh, global distribution channels that they're, uh, that they're building. Throw in the fact that while people uh, were kind of locked down over the last year or so, they didn't just buy furniture for their uh, home office. They spent uh, money all over the house, basically, to make the, the, the living and working conditions more bearable. I look at my own apartment, for example. Uh, I was moving into this place uh, right about the time COVID started. And I've spent the last year or so just making it better and better. I mean, for instance, you can see behind me, I've got a, a, a little National Geographic map of, uh, of France, uh, Belgium and Luxembourg, just to make the place look good. Well, a lot of that investment went into the kitchen. So it doesn't surprise me that you've had several upgrades from, um, from Toraro as, as they've discovered how well they've done in the last year or so. Will that keep up? Well, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people have now, uh, um, uh, you know, made those big investments in the in the in the kitchen and so forth. But uh, a lot of the um, the, uh, the the catch up in the share price was that it was undervalued for so long. People couldn't see the the um, the utility in this company that just had access to a few brands that maybe they ne they'd never heard of. Or mm. you know, it's now on everyone's radar screen. So yeah, go take a closer look. You'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised, as I was yeah. by the most recent upgrade. Yeah, got to agree. I'm uh, definitely in that boat too, and I look forward to reading about it in uh, a subsequent edition of Stocks Down Under. David, quick question from Greg. Wants to know about ZipPay, code Z1P. Uh, stock to see the light on recently uh, as well. Its price has gone great guns. Uh, if I can keep it at just this one stock, if that's okay, David, <laughs> with regards to Zip. Um, obviously, it's uh, been on a tear quite now. Um, can that continue? Because it's had it has gone a bit parabolic, hasn't it? But is that sustainable? What levels would we be watching from here? Well, um, which levels? Goodness, there's a, there's a quite a few levels yeah. to look for. Now, this has been a favourite of one of my uh, subscribers, Cindy, who is 
I must say, one of the best traders, and she posts up her trade trades on the on the Profit Hunter Group membership site. And just unbelievable watching the lady trade. Um, Ten dollars and fifty six cents is the next area on Zipco. Cindy went berserk on this one a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's just been booming. Volume's been picking up. It looks to me like it's in an ABC correction, and you know, if it really wants to get motoring, we could be looking probably up around about that $13 mark for this one. Mm. I'd be buying dips down to $9.14 with a stop loss below $8.20 as a longer term ploy. Um, you know, sky's the limit. It's probably, it's probably that sort of same sort of stock that's got to emulate. Uh, it's been expanding as far as I know in the States. I think uh, it's, it's, um, it sounds like all things are going for it mm. at the moment, and um, it's 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 winning against some of the things like that might be all seen as um, alternatives in the space, not necessarily competitors. Uh, for example, Appen on the nose, etc. Those sort of things are um, those sort of things are rocking, and and money is cheap, so money's being passed all around. People aren't going to fail too much when interest rates are so low. Uh, as long as they keep interest rates real low, as soon as we see shorter term interest rates go up significantly then these stocks will be very dangerous so until we see that um play play the game until the the piper stops piping yeah no that will be something to definitely uh, watch now um Stuart, i do want to go to you before we ask you to see the light there david so get your two stocks ready to go um last one for you it comes from justin who just discovered our podcast he's really enjoying it thanks very much we always like first time questioners be interested in hearing our views about Frugal Group, um, FGL, something you're probably very familiar with, Stuart, given the uh, quality of the Beljo Franco map behind you. Um, look, nonetheless, uh, for those that may not know, oh, I don't want to really go into the area, but it is one of those comparison websites, but its share price has absolutely flown. So why is this going to be different or any different than the past uh, attempts? trying to do this even though that said amazing had a pretty uh, solid run but what do you think about fgl uh Stuart? is this is this time it's different or the same i don't believe the world has got an ideal price comparison engine as yet i think i think uh the the, the world's still figuring it out in fact price comparison tools are roughly where uh online booking engines were for the uh, airline industry 20 years ago is what i would argue so this it, it's because with with um, online with uh, air tickets, for example, there's a limited number of, of airlines and there's a limited number of destinations. With price comparisons, you're comparing uh, infinite number of products across infinite number of suppliers. So it's going to take a while before Moore's law delivers us with the uh, the one ring to bind them all together in terms of, of price comparison. Why would uh, Frugal Group be worth at least a look? Well. Um, because of, of the uh, what it's achieved so far in terms of having an app on one's on one's phone to be able to to, to do that, and the, the you know the downloads from those apps are, are fairly good. Look, this is a tiny company; it's capped at about sixteen million dollars, based out of Perth. So they've had some some time to to um, to get it together. I think if you can see a fairly steady stream of announcements where uh, there, there, there's uh, there's more um, uh, functionality in the app that they've built, this could be a could be a contender. Um, I, look, I, I, um, I know a lot of people who, for whom um, finding the right price at the supermarket is a really big deal. And they all just rely on going to the supermarket and nosing around rather than, rather than an app. So that tells me that someone like Frugal actually has a shot here. I, like, like you, I'm a little cautious 
but uh, but at least take a look because um, one of these days the the um, the the, uh, the the killer app is going to come along. Just quickly fit it in. Sorry, David, I'll keep you hanging for a tick. But just quickly, no. Grange Resources came out with an update today at the moment. Now it's perplexed many a fundamental analyst for quite some time, Stuart. Um, GWR, the price of pallets we know have gone through the roof. These guys are just printing money. They're paying most of it out in dividends. Um, the question uh, came from uh, Matt, who continues to scratch his head in regards to why the market doesn't see what he's seeing. Now, that said, its price has had a pretty solid run. So GRR is finally, the, are the true believers going to be rewarded by this or is there something else that's really just holding, uh, holding the price back? Well... Um, uh, the, the, the Just quickly, is, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, Australia and China don't get along very well at the moment. Uh, if you're watching the evening news, you, you can see some of those details. Grange Resources majority shareholders are, chi are, are, are Chinese, and as a consequence of that, it's got a China discount associated with it. But it's iron ore and it's Savage River, which is a super juicy, profitable iron ore mine. Plus, they've got South Down over in West Australia. You put those two things together, eventually the market will get smart, particularly once they see that Australia and China are the best of frenemies and it hasn't stopped their iron ore shipment so far. Okay, all right then. No, well, look, uh, fingers crossed that finally you'll see that. But yeah, I can't fault it on the numbers. They're absolutely outstanding, Matt. All right then, time. It's time for us to uh, see the light, which is uh, proudly brought to you by our great friends at Macro Capital, who deliver to you market insights, execution services, and investment ideas, all in the one package. So go to macro, macro.com.au to learn more. All right then, David, time for you to step up to the plate, mate, and... Uh, Surprise us with your wonderful two stocks to see the light on that. We're going to listen attentively to. We're going to listen attentively to. And then we're going to toddle off and do our own research and see whether it aligns with our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. So take it away, Maestro. Okay. Um, I've been rabbiting on about this, and I know Elio liked this uh, quite, a, quite a while back when I suggested it around about the six cent mark. This is a stock called Boss Resources, BOE. Yep. It's now, um, I've been, I, I, I made a lot of money out of this. I had a really good position on it. I don't have much on it at the moment. Um, a fantastic level, taken some profit. I've been hoping to pick it up around about that six, six cents to nine cents area again, not getting it. Um, it's still very strong. So I'm looking for 14 cents to 16 and a half cents and 20 cents on the top side. <clears throat> at the moment, it's, it's moving up nicely. I'm, I'm a, still a dip buyer. Um, preferably, probably at the 10 cent mark is 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 the best, most easiest part to get filled on. Uh, and stop loss below, I'd say it's seven and a half cents if you buy at 10 cents. And if you're getting down at six cents, then have a stop loss at four cents. The other stock is um, strategic elements. Now, Cindy traded this like a, a dream, and I I actually pulled it out and I found it on my stocks to watch. And, Cindy took it and run with it. She made incredible money. I think four or five hundred percent out of it, and um, and 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 uh, so following along, watching watching her. I didn't trade it, which has annoyed me. Um, looking down to thirty nine cents for strategic element. There's a few things that are working for this um, that are a bit negative. It's trying to rally at the moment after having a bit of a dump over the last couple of days. The rally at the moment should be short lived. Down around that 30, 39 cents area, I like strategic elements with a stop loss below 25 cents. So at, at the moment, I've got to say, there's not a lot of stocks that I really want to commit a lot of money to, but these are the ones I, I, I feel comfortable with and they're cold up, kind of oldies, but a goodie, 
So. Okay, then. Now, Stuart, yep. So, Stuart, time for you to step up to the plate now and tell us the two stocks to see the light on that we're going to, again, listen to attentively and then toddle off and do our own research and see whether they align with our objectives and tolerance to risk. Yeah, so um, the first one I'd run with is Australis Oil and Gas, ATS. Uh, you would have seen that oil uh, is, is back at the sort of levels it was at prior to the uh, crisis. So all of the energy sectors are uh, having a great time at the moment. Uh, what do I like about Australis Oil and Gas? Well, it's staked out uh, a part of um, uh, Louisiana and, and uh, neighbouring states uh, where the, 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 the area that they're going for is called the Tuscaloosa Marine Shale. Um, uh, and having had that play to themselves, they're able to fully exploit that. Uh, the stock took a big ham hammering last year, but I think it's now coming back in a serious way. Um, uh, so uh, 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 I know it's uh, old-fashioned uh, oil and gas, but uh, this is one that uh, eluded everyone. Uh, its predecessor company was called Aurora, and it got uh, a several billion dollar yep. buyout from a company called Baytex a while ago. So that's one. Um, the other one I draw your attention to in the uh, uranium space is, uh, is Peninsula Energy. Uh, so I like, um, I like uranium because uh, it got battered to death um, between about 2011 and last, um, on the assumption that we'd never build another nuclear reactor anywhere in the world ever again. Well, uh, suddenly the world is running out of uranium uh, the, and the utilities have been drawing down um, stockpiles in a serious way. Uh, Peninsula is a great opportunity because it was actually an operating uh, uranium mine in the United States that they're now dusting off the uh, the, the uh, restart on. Um, so it ain't, and and, uh, and and it's fully permitted. So it ain't hard to get that one started again. No, and that's why that'll be there. And hopefully that answers your question, uh, Sagi, although we couldn't get to yours the other day in regards to Black Earth, which, well, it's absolutely spiked that graphite developer today. So sorry we couldn't get it to it yesterday, but uh, yeah, I love the uh, stock recommendations from our clients. Well, we saw the light there, folks, with our friends at Macro Capital. So go to macro.com.au to learn about their services today. We actually have a little bit um, of time in regards to uh, just answering uh, some questions. So bear with me a moment as I uh, go back to my question screen. Uh, as uh, it does, no, it's decided to uh, uh, crash on me. That's all right, these things happen. Okay, well, I'll ask you this one, Black, uh, Blake, on behalf of Blake, for you, Stuart. Phineas Corp, FCL, another stock that's been asked on this program quite a bit of times. Just briefly a, a view in regards to that for Blake, please. Um, stay with us at Stocks Down Under. We've scheduled that to go take a look, so we don't know what to think. Um, mm. uh, it's fair to say that the, 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 the business model, back-end services to um, uh, financial services, particularly in the retirement uh, area, has been yeah. a company maker for those guys, and it's taken them a long way. Given the growth in retirement savings, there's probably a lot more where that came from. But uh, I'd have to plead the fifth on understanding more about that one. One of the few companies I haven't had a chance to look at yet. No, no, that's all right. No, uh, no stress at all. That's the great thing about this program. We get to answer uh, your questions all live on air. Very quickly, David, I will throw in this one to you. Given that we did talk about uranium, given you threw up one, be interested in your view in regards to Kiba Minerals, CHK, also in the uranium space. And keep it quick, please, David. CHK. Yeah, and for those people who were um, wanting to see more uranium, I covered a lot of uranium stocks last night. Go to profitunders.com.au to have a look at those analysis and ask for the free one for spotty viewers. What we're seeing here with Cohiba uh, is basically a very nice pullback after some great volume on the upside. This is normal behaviour. Um, if it breaks down below 2.7 cents, then I think it's in trouble. I'm happy to buy this all the way down to... 
just above 2.8 cents to 3 cents area or on a close for the week above 4.2 cents with a stop loss below 2.5 cents on that side. So I think you've probably seen on Cohiba, uh, I don't cover this normally, so oh, getting some Renos there, um, is looking for just one second, probably in the order of where are we? Ooh, well, this is exciting. Um, in the order of nine cents I'd be looking for on the top side there for this one. It's got that nice movement, good volume, good chart pattern. Um, first target is going to be six cents. I think it'll hit there, have some trouble, have a bigger pullback, and then you'll get ready to buy again. As, as um, Stuart was saying, uranium is a very interesting space in the longer term. As we go to greener, everyone's forgotten how bad radioactivity is, but um, as we go greener and we need some base load as the sun starts to cool down and solar energy gets yeah. less reliable. Yeah, and sorry, as you climate David, but I really got to run now. And of course, on behalf of everyone, I just want to thank you for your time today. And remember, profithunters.com.au is where you can go learn about David's services. Thanks, David. Thank you. And remember to uh, Stuart at uh, stocksdownunder.com.au for his uh, contribution today. Thank you for uh, joining us on the program. And of course, as always, your great general candor. And be sure to tune in even to your channel on YouTube where you get together and have that chat on a Friday. Yes. All right then, folks. Well, finally, I just want to say a big thank you to all our guests and thank you. 100 episodes and still going strong. What started with a couple of friends getting together talking stocks has turned into what I hope a profitable enterprise for you. And yes, we'd love to add some more friends to the Spotty family. So uh, be sure to uh, put, spread the word if you can. Investing can be a lonely business. So hopefully this show shines some light on your investing and you also enjoy the experience of being part of a community, which, well, we're unique. So I raise my bat. And to you all also a beer, and I wish you good health and wealth because until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato, you've been watching Spotty, and together we've been showing the spotlight on shares for 100 episodes now. How's that? Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social media platforms. 